Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I am your host, Gary Ware, and this morning I have my good friend, Rick Day. He is a man of many traits. Um, one of his main things that he's doing, he runs a website called Business by Business by Day. He also sells yachts, he consults, he teaches, and he has such an awesome story. Welcome to our um, show this morning. Hey, thanks, Gary. Cool to be here. Yeah, so before we find out how you got to where you are, uh, Rick, just tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing. Well, um, you know, as we were talking a little bit before you started recording, so I'm, I'm really... I've got my hands into four businesses right now, which is really fun. So after, you know, after I sold my my telecom business that we talked about when you and I met, um, I just decided that I didn't want to work in one business full time, sixty hours a week, having to travel all the time because I got two great kids and my son's getting ready to go into high school. So I thought, you know, hey, I really want to be around for him. So I thought I I want to help other people grow some businesses. I'd like to get involved in three or four or five or whatever that'll keep me busy. But I'm not working full time in any one. So I've got the yacht business. I've got the yacht financing business, which is separate. Um, I've got uh, business by day and the consulting, and, and we've talked about that a little bit. Uh, and then I've got this other one. It's a uh, salon suites business where we go into a, a strip mall, separate it out uh, into a bunch of individual offices for uh, salon professionals. So it's kind of a new wave that's hitting the salon industry right now. Wow. So many good things in the can. And um yeah so let's actually rewind and jump back into your story just to see how you got there um i feel your story is very interesting and how about we start um i remember you told me a story about how you decided to go to college and um you know how you progressively got to where you are now so if you don't mind sharing that story with our audience oh sure yeah well uh you know i actually graduated high school um in tallahassee florida and I went to Florida State University for one year. And it was just like, I think so many kids that go to college for their first year, they're not really sure what they want to do, what they want to major in. And I had a mom, my mom at the time, I had a mom. My, uh, no, my mom at the time was uh, getting her PhD in counseling psych. So she was very into science and uh, very into uh, uh, socially, uh, you, know, you know, the social programs and things like that. And so when I told her that I wanted to go into business, she was like, oh, business is just for people that can't figure out what they want to do. And I went, okay. So I didn't have a big support thing going on there. And, and then I ended up kind of flunking out my first year. So uh, I decided to join the Navy. And uh, so I went into the Navy, spent three years in the Navy, uh, got out in San Diego and put myself back to school uh, at uh, San Diego State University and got my degree in finance. Um, so during that period of time, I started my first little business, which was the uh, the auto detailing business, and that was awesome because I love great cars, and generally people that are successful um, have money to buy great cars, so that was really fun, and I get to work on these cars and, and get to know some of these uh, really successful people, and so it was very motivating for me. It gave me the freedom to go to school when I wanted to go to school, take the classes that I wanted to take, and I made good money along the way. So. That was the first business, and I ended up selling that to a, another student when I got done with it. Wow. And so how did you get into that? Like, what made you want to detail cars? Because that seems like it's very specific. Well, it was interesting. Um, <clears throat> when I got out of the Navy, I, got, I had this job, and we were manufacturing office partitions. And it was just a manufacturing job. You're on your feet all day long. It's very repetitious. It wasn't stimulating for me in any way. 
Um, and I had this buddy at school that kept talking about he had his own company, he had his own business. And I thought, that's really crazy. I mean, what do you, what do, you do? And it turned out that it was really just him. And he says, I have an automotive cosmetic maintenance company. <laughs> and I went, okay, so you're washing cars. He goes, yes, but in a very specific way. And what really impressed me, his name was Larry, and I'll never forget him. He's a great, great guy. Um, and, you know, but he took it so seriously. He was so serious about his business and his professionalism. And uh, that whole auto detailing industry, if you will, basically is a bunch of kids and surfers and they're not really reliable. And, and Larry was professional and showed up on time and had a price list. And I was just really impressed with how he differentiated himself. And so I said, hey, would you teach me how to do that? Because I hate my job. And uh, so I'll trade you some of my labor for a couple of weekends. You teach me how to do it, and then I'll go get some clients. And uh, he agreed, and uh, that that uh, that was the beginning of that. Wow! So was that one of your first lessons uh, in business that you learned? Is how one how to be a professional and how to brand yourself? Because yeah, anyone can say, "Oh, I wash cars," but that was very specific, you know, detailing and and yeah. If you would have came up to me and said one time, "Oh, I wash cars." Or the other time you said the other thing, I would have totally gone for like the more professional. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that uh, I learned that you know in an industry, and, and a lot of people will try to shy away from an industry where there's maybe a shady reputation or maybe um, things aren't. Um, you know, people talk about car sales. You know, and car sales, the used car salesman you hear all the time, right? Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, because that industry has has a, a because an industry has a bad reputation or a shady reputation if you come in and do it the right way then all of a sudden you're this beacon of light in the industry and people just flock to you they want to do business with you so uh, it's one of the things that I look for when I do business today is what's what's a business that nobody else wants to get into and then go do it and do it well awesome and so uh, moving on with the story how did you get into your next uh, line of business because you were detailing cars and yep. then I believe you went into telecom or, or selling computers after that? Well, that's right. So uh, interestingly enough, what, what I found in, certainly in my entrepreneurial path is one thing leads to another. And so one of the, I used to go to people's offices and to their homes and detail their cars. Well, this one office that I went to in Del Mar, California, uh, I was uh, washing cars for these really successful young guys that were just a few years older than me. And there was a Ferrari, there, was, there were a couple of 911s, there was a Toyota Supra, a Corvette, a Jag, um, and you know some really cool cars. And so I enjoyed cleaning their cars and getting to know them. And then one day they offered, after about six or eight months, they offered me a job uh, selling computer systems. And I said, well, I don't know anything about computers. And they said, well, we'll train you, but we can sense that you know, you're a go-getter, um, you communicate well, and I think you do really, you know, they said, we think you do well in sales. So uh, I started with them. Uh, that's when I sold my detailing business and uh, started with them selling uh, IBM mid-range computers. And this is before PCs and, and all that good stuff. So you're talking, you know, late, <laughs> 80s, late 80s, right? Mini computers and things. But um, yeah, so that kind of that business morphed into a telecom business. Um, and it actually grew so fast that it went out of business. They literally did not have enough cash to buy the equipment to fill the orders because the company was growing so fast. Wow. Um so that that leads me to my next question is is failure and getting over that um you know obviously you've moved on they've moved on what was that like in that moment of realizing wow we grew too fast and having to make that decision to just let that business go 
Well, you know, sir, uh, you know, I was a straight commission salesperson. So obviously, um, when that company went out of business, I didn't have um, a, a good view of, of financially how they were doing or where the problems were. I was just a sales guy. But, um, you know, when the company went out of business, I had just bought a home. And I'm going, uh-oh, now what do I do, right? So, you know, what you end up doing is, or what I ended up doing was sort of taking an assessment and an inventory of, okay, well, here are my skill sets and here are my customers and, and I know where to get equipment and I know how this business is done. You know, what the heck do I do with this? And so I started calling some of our top competitors and said, hey, you know, I'm free. I've got these customers. I know where to get equipment. I just need a home. Would you like to open up a West Coast office and I'll be your West Coast office? And uh, one of them jumped at it and said, sure, Rick, you've got a great reputation and, and we'd be happy to do that. But, uh, wow. you know, it's sort of, you know, when something like that goes the wrong way, you kind of have to look at and, and instead of grieving over it too long, I found, OK, what do I do? How do I move forward? What do I have that I can use again? OK, yeah, because I, I feel too many people when situations like that, you're right, they they sort of get down on themselves and they don't move forward. And, you know. That I feel that's a big lesson is, hey, things happen. <laughs> you got to play hard, keep moving forward, and got to pick up the pieces. Yeah, you really have to shrug it off. And, you know, standing still is just death. It's just, you, you know, nothing happens if you stand still. Gotcha. And it just seems like you were landing from job to job to job, and it just seems like it was just things were just falling in your lap. Um, and I know that's not the case. Can you speak to maybe... Uh, sometimes when you failed and you didn't necessarily get uh, the response that you were expecting and how you dealt with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so after that company went out of business, I ended up starting my own business in that industry. Uh, as I grew, uh, my company was called Daycom Systems, but as I grew that company, I certainly failed a number of times. So we had to, as the market changed over 17 years, we had to morph our offers and we had to get into more solution selling and more services and uh, technical consulting. Um, and, you know, but I tried an expansion into another product line uh, and I tried to pick up, um, you know, Cisco Systems because they were the up and coming uh, telecommunication system at the time with voice over IP and IP telephony. And I failed miserably at it. Uh, it was, um, I think that I underestimated how strongly people will stay in their comfort zone. So for me to go to my sales reps at the time and say, hey guys, we've been selling Avaya for 10 years, you know, and AT&T and Lucent, and, and so we've been selling this one product line for 10 years, but now I'm so excited, I want you to sell this other product line too. They just didn't embrace it like I did. And, and uh, so I underestimated what it took. So that was a big failure. And another one was uh, trying to open up uh, an office in Mexico. And uh, I, I, picked, um, I picked a good guy. I just think he didn't execute well. Um, so were there some things that I did well in that transition, but ultimately the Mexico office ended up failing too. Just uh, I didn't have the right person in that office uh, to, to really run it and build it. Awesome. And another thing I really admire about you is that you've gone from job to job to skill set to skill set and you're very humble and modest, and you didn't necessarily have the skills when you started, but you learned. Can you really talk about how you were able to pick up those skills so quickly and how you were able to get mentors to guide you along the way? Well, I think what you just said is key, right? You've got to get some mentors. So, um, uh, and thanks for the compliment. Uh, I, don't, I don't consider myself particularly bright, but it's, it's one of those things that when I get into something, I just want to learn uh, uh, and, and be the best that I can possibly be at that one thing. So I, 
I'll, like when we got into the boating business, for example, with my, my business partner, Barrett, um, I, we, we looked at the other boat dealers or a lot of other boat dealers out there and said, you know, we can do better. We can, we can excel with social media. We can excel with services. We can excel with uh, uh, destinations and, and events for these people and give them an excuse to use their boats. Not just, hey, here's your boat. Thanks for buying it. Have a nice day, right? So um, I, I would say that, you know, I read everything that I could read. I took classes when I when I found myself, uh, you know, short. I started to, to hire managers, for example, in my telecom company, and so I took a Dale Carnegie management class because I didn't know how to manage people, and I learned a ton, and I learned the basics, and then you just sort of pay attention along the way. But I really sought out as much information as I could about uh, whatever particular subject it was that I needed at the time. Gotcha, and um, with your just fast forwarding a bit, I, I remember from your story. At a certain point, when with your business it started growing, and you needed to bring on employees to help you out. Now, sure. can you speak to how you decided which type of employee to bring on, and what skill sets did they have that made them the perfect candidate for the job? Sure, sure. Um, well, I would say that um, one of the best parts about being an entrepreneur is you get to pick what you're going to do in your business, right? So, uh, when I started the telecom business. Uh, I was doing everything, so I'd get on the phone and I'd close deals, and then I'd I'd get on another. I'd get on the phone again and go buy equipment to fill the orders, and then the equipment would come in, and you know I would have to take my time from selling, which I was pretty good at at the time. Um, I'd have to take my time away from that to open up the boxes, to make sure that they sent me what they said they were going to send me, to repackage it, to put my label on it, to ship it. So the first thing I did as soon as I had a little bit of money was I hired a shipping kit, right? And it was great. Uh, his name was Adam. I'll never forget him. My first employee, and he was awesome. Um, but I just hired him in at a, at a pretty low wage. Um, but he needed a job, and it was steady work. And and I said, look, Adam, you know, if I can't keep you busy shipping, you know, packing and shipping boxes, we'll find other stuff for you to do. Um, so that was the first one. And then the second one was uh, at night, what I would do, Gary, was uh, do the books, right? So I do all the accounting at night. So I, I wanted to sell during the day and make all my deals that I could. And then I had Adam uh, packing and shipping. So that was good. Um, but then the next thing that was kind of a pain in my neck was, you know, I would spend Tuesday night in the office until 10 o'clock doing invoices for the week. And then it became busier and it was Tuesday and Thursday nights uh, until 10 o'clock. And then it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights until 10 o'clock. And I thought this was crazy. So I found um, a really cool lady. Her name was Mary. Uh, she was a mom. She needed a part-time bookkeeping job. And I said, perfect, come on in. You can work three days a week. And so she really did it. And she did it better than I ever did too. But then that relieved my evenings and I kind of got some of my life back. So. Awesome. Uh, and that's really good. <laughs> really good to hear that uh, as far as delegation, you're, you know, not afraid to realize, you know what, I need help and yeah. seek out the people that can really help take things off your plate. Yeah. Um, so fast forwarding even for, uh, forward, how did you get into the boating business? Um, can you talk about the pivotal point when you got out of telecom and, and into boating? Sure. So, um, again, the story continues about one thing leading to another, right? So uh, I, in about uh, oh, so 2007, um, I wanted to buy a, a, a new sailboat and I wanted to do more racing, uh, more, more competitive racing than I was doing. So um, one of the uh, classes that was really competitive here in San Diego was the Beneteau uh, First 40.7 class. And I thought, okay, it's a 40-foot boat. That's great. 
Um, and there are, you know, 13 of them that all race and they're all identical. So one design racing in sailboats is all the boats are identical. So it really becomes a test of the crew and, and how well you prepare your boat and, and how well you read the water and the wind and everything. Um, so I bought a new boat from this guy named Barrett um, at a company called Southwestern Yachts. And so he and I became friends. Uh, he's one of those dads like me that's in the pool with the kids at the yacht club. You know, I'm not sitting by the side texting and, and reading my new little Wall Street Journal or whatever. And uh, so he and I just became friends. We had uh, kids about the same age, and he's an awesome, awesome guy. So when I sold, uh, I had sold Daycom, um, and I was I happened to be uh, in Mexico for a, a, wed a friend's wedding, and my phone rings, and this was right after that financial crash at the end of 2008 and early 2009. And the company that he was working for that I had bought my boat from went out of business. And he says, Rick, we just went out of business yesterday. And I went, well, okay, Barrett, I'm sorry to hear that, but why are you calling me? You know? <laughs> and uh, he said, well, he says, I've got an opportunity to open up my own uh, boat dealership. And it's always been my dream to own my own dealership. And I would like you to consider being my business partner, my financial partner. I can do the sales, but I need help with the the operations, the finance piece, how do you start a business, how do you run a business. And so uh, I said, well, let's talk about it when I get back. And, and uh, some people thought I was absolutely crazy uh, to start a boat business at that time. But uh, we kept our overhead low and uh, the company will be five years old next month. So Wow. That's, yeah, that's led that. awesome. Um, and speaking of which, I'm curious to learn how, how do you juggle so much stuff? Um, yes, I know that not all these businesses are full-time, but they do pull for your attention. So can you speak a little bit on how you prioritize and make sure that you say no to the distractions and then do things that are important? Yeah, well, I tell you what, I'm really bad at it. And, uh, and um, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. But I found a few things that seem to be working for me lately. And, and one is... Uh, blocking off certain times on my calendar where I'm just going to work on this project and I'm not going to check email and I'm not going to take phone calls and you know everybody else can wait because I have to put in some dedicated time. So that's one. Uh, number two you just hit on is saying no to a lot of things. And man, I, I'm a people pleaser. I hate to let people down. I love to make people happy and, and make them smile. But um, you know, I just can't do all of the things. A buddy of mine asked me this morning, hey, do you want to go uh, for a swim workout? And I said, no, I, I'm sorry. I'd love, yes, I would love to, but I can't. I've got an interview. So um, saying no, I think, is, is certainly a difficult thing for me, but something I'm working on. Um, and I think, you know, just trying to, to juggle it all. I guess maybe the last piece, Gary, would be when I'm with my kids, I want to be with my kids. Uh, and so I really try to focus on who I'm with at that time. Uh, or what I'm doing. So if I'm working out, I'm not working out and checking my phone. I'm just working out. So I just try to do one thing at a time. Uh, that's really good. Um, and it seems like you are progressing and you're really keeping an eye on the industry and you're picking up projects. Are you a big goal setter? Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we said earlier and I, you know, we, we talked earlier about standing still and I, you know, to me, that's the equivalent of death, if, you know, because everything else is moving forward. So if you're standing still and you're not growing, then you're falling behind the rest of the world. So I'm a big one on vision, on goals, because what I've found, certainly in my business experience, and, and I don't know about you, is that once you pick a direction and you get moving in that direction, 
opportunities present themselves and and people are attracted to someone who is operating with a sense of of purpose and and you know pursuing a goal and and they'll even come out of there they'll go out of their way to help you awesome and can you take us into uh your goal setting process and and how you review your goals yeah i think um goal setting uh i find very difficult uh it, it's because you're creating something from nothing. You're creating a life for yourself. And so I don't consider myself to be all that creative, but um, sometimes I would start with, well, what is it that I don't want, right? So I know that I don't want to work in a cubicle the rest of my life, you know? I know that I don't want to be standing here in this warehouse putting together these partitions while I work my way through college. So um, part of, of what got me to where I am is, is figuring out what was it I didn't like and then figuring out alternatives. But I think to... To set goals, I look at, at where, you know, where do I want to be in three years, five years? And, you know, I'm a lot older than you now. I'm 50, right? So, but if you think five years is a long time in the distance, yeah. until you're 50 years old and you look back on where you were five years ago. And, man, it just, somebody told me once, it said, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. And uh, I absolutely believe that. <laughs> uh, you know, you've, you've got to continue to find what you want to do. And so... When I sold Daycom, I envisioned uh, being um, involved in four or five different companies, having flexible time, having the ability to spend time with my kids through their high school years, which are coming up and I think are very important for the, you know, their dad to be close. So um, I just kind of envisioned it and kind of kept plugging away at it. Oh, that's great. Um, all right. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to start the lightning round. Uh, so... Everyone just hang tight and we'll be right back. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it, staying competitive in this fast-paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time-consuming and costly. Lucky for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have classes that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are very inexpensive and more importantly, you can do them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com slash Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y to see a few of our favorite classes. All right, and we're back. I have my friend Rick Day here, and we're going to jump into the lightning round. Uh, but before we do, it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without figuring out what Rick is drinking. Uh, dr uh, Rick, what are you drinking this morning? Well, I, uh, I always start my day, Gary, with the boring old cup of black coffee, man. But it just it works for me, so I stick with it. Awesome. So no, no added flavors, no cream, no sugar, just, just straight black coffee? Just straight up black coffee. I, I, I worked in restaurants uh, through college a little bit at Florida State. And, and uh, we had a, a, I would ask one of the waitresses you know, when I was cooking, hey, could I have a coffee? And they'd sling it up in the window and keep going. And I'd say, could you put some cream and sugar in that? And they were like, don't push your luck, honey. <laughs> so I drink black coffee. Awesome. And I am drinking, today I'm drinking uh, peace tea. I was just at the store running some errands and uh, it caught my eye. So I just thought I would give peace a chance. Nice. Um, we could use a little of that in the world, huh? Yeah, exactly. It's actually pretty good. It's, it's razzleberry. And um, I don't usually have flavors in my tea and uh this one's actually is not too sweet so perfect love it perfect. all right so for the lightning round a few questions just to find out how you tick the first question is what was your first job growing up oh my first job growing up 
uh, it was, um, I was cutting lawns. I, I mowed lawns at probably age 13 because I just, I needed some money. Awesome. And was that, was that hard? Uh, again, you're, you're a salesperson. So did that come easy or what did you have to work at it? The sales part was easy because everybody needed a kid to mow their lawn. But um, this was um, summertime in eighth grade, 13 years old uh, in Gulfport, Mississippi. So if you can imagine being outside in the hot summer sun and the humidity, pushing a lawnmower around. So it was physically very demanding. But I'd get on my bike and tow my lawnmower to the house across the widow over the way and and that was before weed whackers, right? So I, I had the, the hand edger, and it was it was ugly. It was ugly. Awesome. So it really taught you how to some hard work, <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Next question is: Do you have any morning rituals? Um, any any uh, habits that help you get your day started? You know, I, I really do. I try to be disciplined about. First of all, I'd love to have my cup of coffee. Uh, and but when I first wake up, I try not to get you know onto the internet, and I try not to do to anything with the widgets, the iPad, the the, the Android phone. Um, I try to really just sit and have a coffee with my girl and connect, and maybe we'll watch news together and discuss that. But I really try to keep the world out until I'm ready to turn the switches on. Gotcha. Um, next question is: When you were young, um, and let's go even further back, what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't think there was any, I was thinking about this before, before you called, uh, I don't think there was any one thing. I mean, there was a time when I wanted to be a race car driver and there was a time when I wanted to be a rock star and, and, um, but I think my earliest days, honestly, um, were when I was sailing with my family on a little bitty boat, uh, in Maryland on the Chesapeake Bay. And one of the things that I noticed that I loved to do was I loved to go see what was around the next point. Or go see what was across the, the, the across the bay on the other side. I just always had this curiosity, and I would say to my dad, "Can we go investigate? You know, can we go see what's over there?" So I think there's um, all through life one of the things that's that's helped me a lot is that sort of a tendency to want to check things out, to to you know to have that curiosity to investigate, and go go learn something new. Awesome. And last two questions: uh, Is there a quote or a series of quotes? that has helped you um, shape your life? Yeah, I think a couple. Um, I think the one, you know, the one that I live by, I think most of the time that I, I refer to most of the time is uh, Wayne Gretzky when he said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And to me, that just encapsulates so many things about, man, you just got to get up and you got to try something, you know, and, and you got to keep moving. Uh, another one of my favorites is an old African proverb that, that says something like, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. Have you heard this one? Yeah. And it knows it's got to run faster than the, you know, it can't be the, it can't be the slowest gazelle or he's going to get eaten. And every morning a lion wakes up and says, I got to run faster than the slowest gazelle or I'm going to be hungry. So it doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When you get up in the morning, you better be running. So I love that one because I, I, I tend to operate with urgency and, and, and drive. And, and that's, that's key for me to keep things moving forward. Awesome. And then the last question is, if you can give one tip or one piece of advice to our listeners to help them find their passion and live a life that they love, what would that be? I think it goes back to one of the things that I consider hardest for myself, Gary, and that is pick a goal. 
Find a goal. Find, get a vision for where you want to go because when you start pursuing that vision and heading down that path and you have that forward movement, like I said, people come out of the woodwork to help you. Opportunities present themselves and the, everything starts to come alive, but you can't stand still. So pick a goal and move forward. Awesome. Uh, and thank you so much, Rick, uh, for coming on the show. And before we close, um, how about you just let our audience know how they can get in touch with you? I know you're doing a lot of uh, coaching and, and you provide a lot of guidance on your own website and podcast. Um, how can we find you? Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I've got a group coaching class that I'm really excited about launching. So uh, it's businessbyday.com, just my last name, uh, or you can email me at rick at businessbyday.com. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this group peer coaching class and, and it's we're going to learn from each other. I can help share some of the, my little nuggets of wisdom. I think it's going to be a great, great thing. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, that is our time for today. Uh, Rick, thanks again for coming on the show. Really, yeah. really appreciate it. Hey, great talking to you. Yeah. And until next time, audience. Take care. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome. Stay awesome.